This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. All right. Now, tonight I noticed that some people for some reason aren't here. As like the pregnant lady, you're eating for two. So make sure that you soak it in tonight. Because you're going to be eating for other people tonight. And then you can share with them what they missed out on. Amen. And pray for them. All right, we're on our series tonight still be called, called How Much Do You Know About Divine Healing and Health, Part 4. How Much Do You Know About Divine Healing and Health, Part 4. And I, I, I hope that you're learning something. I hope this is the fourth week in a row that you're getting something. And I issued a challenge last week for people to learn verses, chapter and verse, and learn the verse. And so later on, I'm going to stop and give you a chance to see who learned something, I hope, hope you did, because this is going to help you pass the healing test of life. And God's, God's, not, God's not the tempter, God's not the tester, the Satan, Satan is. And Satan comes for the purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. And the whole thing is, when he comes, you've got, to, you, you've got to be sharp like Jesus was and say, it is written, Satan, it is written, and quote the Word of God to him, let him know what the Word of God says. But anyway, I want to show you a couple things out of the bookstore. And uh, this is Brother Hagin's book, Keys to Scriptural Healing. Keys to Scriptural Healing. And there it is. Keys to Scriptural Healing. And these are all books I cut my spiritual teeth on. And I have all these in my own personal library at home, have for years. And these will teach you the Word of God. And he gives uh, examples out of his life and things when he's a pastor, minister to people, and really teaches the Bible well about this. He, as a matter of fact, he taught me how to teach healing, so... I give him credit for what I've learned. And then, if you're really getting serious, if you're really getting serious and really want to spend a season where you study healing, well, this this is one of the big books like they use out of Rhema. It's a study guide. It's actually a textbook with questions, answers, the end of each chapter. It helps you really test your knowledge and grow in the Word of God on healing. So if you really, really are serious about wanting to learn all you can about how to stay healthy and how to help other people, then buy, buy these books out of the bookstore and they'll help you. And so, like I said, I'm going to wait a little bit before I, before I give you some uh, a chance to show what you've learned. And, you know, I want to say it again. It's all volunteer thing, not to embarrass anybody, put them on the spot or anything like that. But it's helped pull you up higher. And I, I think as people uh, give us verses they've learned, it's going to encourage other people you want to learn too. They, they want to grow. Amen. Well, I want you to look tonight starting off at Psalms 103. Psalms 103. And, you know, this is a wonderful, wonderful chapter. I just, I'm going to go ahead and just read the first five verses. And, uh, that, that's not really where I want to be at, where I want to camp at in this. We're going to get down a bit further than that. But I want to read these first five because they, they tell the covenant, uh, that God's made with us for healing. And King David said this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And I, I give you a clue there. If you don't understand what's going on, your soul and your spirit are two different things. Your spirit always wants to rejoice. Your spirit always wants to bless the Lord. But your soul is your mind, will, emotions. Sometimes you have to talk to your mind. Sometimes you have to talk to your flesh. And you have to say, flesh, we're going to church there whether you like it or not. We're going to bless the Lord. Well, see, David went through a lot of things in life, and he didn't necessarily always want to feel like rejoicing. So he said, so, 
You're going to bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all this, we're going to bless the Lord. And so he's giving you a clue of life right there. Everything isn't always going perfect. Sometimes you've got to make yourself shout. And you know, I, I tell you, a lot of times you see people up here at the altar where they dance and jump and sing and like that. They don't feel like it a lot of times, but they're making themselves do that because they know that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to jump and I'm going to shout whether I feel like it or not. Amen. And so there's a lesson right there. That's not what we're looking at tonight. Then he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. How many has a job of any kind that has benefits? Anybody got a job that gives you uh, retirement, health care, sick days? That's all called benefits. Well, David said, forget not all of his benefits. And look at number three. I don't know about you, but number three is one that I've needed many times. And uh, <laughs> I'm always so grateful to know it's a benefit of God. He forgives all your iniquities, your sins, and heals all your diseases. God puts those together. Multiple places in the Bible, God puts sin and sickness together. And, you know, I like to say this, they're cousins. They're in the same family. Sin is of the devil. Sickness is of the devil. Righteousness and forgiveness is from God. Healing and health is from God. And so he said, forget all, all of his benefits. He said, what's some of his benefits? He forgives your sins, heals your diseases. And you know what's good to know about that? Too many times in our lives... Because of our shortcomings and things we've done, how we've blown it, things like that. You, you go to pray for healing, if you need healing, and you get condemnation. Oh, I caused this myself. I brought this on. If I hadn't have done that. Oh, I blew it. And then, and then just like the cartoon, uh, where you see somebody in a cartoon, they get a little demon gets on this shoulder and talks. And you get an angel on this shoulder and talks. Well, you go to praying like that and start to thinking like that. And then your faith is just going to be like the air coming out of a balloon. Your faith is just going to start sinking because you think, oh, I caused this. That's when you need to look at verses like this and say, wait a minute now. I asked for forgiveness and I asked for healing. It says right here, he forgave me and he heals me. And what is that? It's called a benefit. That help anybody? And that's not even the message tonight. <laughs> but that's just something you need to see. At verse 4, I don't know about you. But I don't know, for me, he redeemed my life from destruction. Has he ever redeemed you from destruction? Amen. Who crowns you then, not just redeemed you, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He doesn't just pull you out of the pit and put you on top of the mountain. Amen. And then, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And the good things he's talking about is the word of God. You get the Word of God in your heart and in your mouth, it'll bring healing. Word of God in your heart and in your mouth will make you be like Mrs. Pastor. Been confessing this for all of her life that I've known her. Nobody would ever believe she's 71 years old, would they? You might think 50, but not 71. Tell you what, that lady runs circles around a lot of people all the time, but I've heard her say for however many years we've been married since 1982, that my youth is renewed like the eagles. My youth is renewed like the eagles. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Well, guess what? Your body obeys your words. And that's what he said, satisfies your mouth with good things. And you know, can I, can I, make, can I make a suggestion to you if you're getting older? Don't go around saying stupid stuff like, well, you know, I'm getting older, so I'm not what I used to be. Well, how you doing? Well, you know, I got the aches and the pains that go up old age. 
You know those commercials on TV about all the old people, medicines and stuff like that? I need them. Uh, you know what you're doing? You know, man, I know, but you're religious. You're giving organ recital. Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, my lungs hurt. Oh, my hips hurt. Well, I'll tell you what, it's probably time for knee replacement surgery. I'll tell you what I'm going to have to have. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep on confessing the word. I'm going to, I, I, I refuse to make old people jokes about me. Well, you know, that's the first thing to go, don't you? <laughs> huh? What'd you say? What'd you say? All those stupid jokes. I wouldn't do that for anything. I'm going to say that the word of God says about me. I'm going to live long. I'm going to live strong. And uh, at the end of the book of Deuteronomy says that Moses, 120 years old, says the day he died, he had all of his strength and 20-20 vision. Man, getting real quiet in the Presbyterian church. <laughs> and so, anyway, that, that, that's some things we're looking at. But I want you to get down to verse 7. Because here's the purpose, actually my purpose as a pastor, the type of pastor I am and the type of Bible teacher I am. Here's my purpose for this series we're doing. It says here that God made known his ways unto Moses and his acts or his actions unto the children of Israel. It said God made known his ways to Moses, his actions to the children of Israel. And so that describes too much of the body of Christ. God let Moses come in behind the curtain and see what he did. See how he did it. He went in there, hung out with God, and saw how God did things, and this says Israel just got to see what he did. Well, too many Christians today live their life seeing what God's doing without knowing how he's doing it. I want to say that again. Too many Christians don't realize that we've got a better covenant than Moses had. we got a better covenant than Abraham had or Isaac or Jacob. We're the new covenant. We're all sons and daughters of God. They were servants. We're sons and daughters. He invites us to come in. He said, come boldly to the throne of grace. He said, come hang out, come fellowship with me. And so we can fellowship with God, with His Son Jesus, and we can go behind the scene and see how he heals people. We can see how he delivers people. But too many Christians just go to churches and stay out of the seats and every once in a while they get a little glimpse of something just get to see it. I'll never forget old Junior back in Indiana. I just think about him again, how he was. We had, we had, we had this gal that went to our church and she was married to this. Well, I don't want to say loser, but anyway, he would never come to church he dropped her the kids off. He said he sat out in the front and just stand there smoking cigarettes till church was over. He just hung out in the front smoking cigarettes. And I mean, he wasn't a bad guy, just a lazy bum. Okay, Mrs. Pastor. Anyway, I'll never forget. He and he'd always see all the church people come out mad. Just we'd have like our Wednesday night service like this. I remember come out on Wednesday night mad, just like this church. Everybody, everybody coming out just joyful, having a good time, mad, excited about what's going on. I remember I walked out. Hey, Georgia, how you doing? He said. I wish I had what you guys have got. I said, Junior, all you have to do is come in. And the whole thing is, is that believers can have what the preachers have got. Believers can have 
what God says they can have. In other words, instead of just praying, have somebody pray for you for a blessing, you can be the one that's praying the blessing on somebody else. Did you ever hear the story that uh, you give a man a fish, you fed him for one day, you teach him how to fish, he'll never be hungry again? Okay, that, that, that shows what I'm doing on Wednesday nights right now, why I want you to learn your own verses, why I challenge you to learn your verses. You can come up here to the prayer line every week, and we'll lay hands on you every week, and we'll give you a fish every week. We'll get you blessed. Then you'll go home, and by Sunday night or Monday morning, you're hurting again a lot of times. And they, well, I can't wait to go back, so they give me another fish. Well, I'd rather you go home and catch your own fish. I'd rather you go home instead of seeing how God moves in the church, knowing how God moves in your home, and how to get God to move in your home. That's the purpose of what we're doing. And so tonight we're going to pick up with that theme before we get to give some of you a chance to tell what you've learned from the Word of God. And just think about the things I've said. Israel got to see God do great things, but Moses hung out with God and knew how he did great things. I hang out with Jesus. I've learned how he does things. And I want you to know how to hang out with Jesus and learn how he does things so you can do them in your house, so you can do them on your job. If you're on vacation and away from Christians and church people, God's not on vacation. He's with you. And you've got to know how to contact. You've got to know how to get a hold of him so he can do what he needs to do if you have an emergency or crisis. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. Man, I'll tell you what, this is some good stuff right here. And so I want you to look now while we're right here. Go to Psalms 107, verse 20. And this will kind of give you a clue on healing right here. We're talking about you learning your own verses and know where they are, chapter and verse. Psalms 107, verse 20 says, He sent His word and healed them. How does God heal? By his word. So would it be a a right thing to learn his word? He sent his word and healed them. And what else did he do? Delivered them from their destructions by his word. Uh, Low low word level, low faith level. High word level, high faith level. And so God wants you to learn his word. And so he sent his word and healed them and delivered them. But man, right there, right there, I just took you where Moses went. We just went behind the curtain. See, you come into a service like this church has all the time. You see people come up here, they fall out, they get up, and they come back testify the healing they got like that. They think, oh, that was wonderful. And then you go out and tell all your friends, oh, you ought to see what God did at our church. You ought to be able to tell them how he did it. Well, how did he do that? He sent his word. And healed them. The Word of God is at our church. The Word of God's preached at our church. The Word of God's taught at our church. People get healed because of the Word of God. You know, a verse, a verse that, uh, I, I'd like, I'd like to be able to issue the challenge on this that everybody in this church would learn this verse. A lot of you do because I quote it all the time. Romans 10, 17. How many can tell me what Romans 10, 17 says? Front row and back row, leadership and leadership. Nobody in between. That's sad. Romans ten seventeen is one of God's big verses. Now, I know that we live in a society that doesn't talk about guns, but sometimes you use an example of guns. 
Romans 10:17 is the gunpowder to put in your bullet. So then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans 10:17 says, so then faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Without that, you're empty. Without that, you've got a shell or a cartridge. You have no gunpowder. And so the way to get faith into your heart is hearing the word of God. And so anyway, that, that's the verse we're talking about. And so how does faith cometh? By hearing what? The word of God. You need to know that verse. As that's what Psalms 107 verse 20 says. Said his word and healed them. Not just because they have a Bible in the house. It's because they read the Bible. Not just because they go to a church. It's because they take the Bible home and read the Bible when they get home and look back at what the preacher said. And so I'm teaching you so you won't be like Israel and just, oh, that was just awesome what God did. Oh, that was so wonderful what God did. What happens if you get away from all the people and the preachers and everything and somebody in your house gets hit with something pretty serious and all you think, oh, I just can't wait till Sunday. What if you don't make it till Sunday? It would sure be nice to have you show up in your house, wouldn't it? Amen. I said, wouldn't it? Look at Psalms 138, verse 2. Isn't that amazing, some of these verses that are in the Bible? It says this, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Says God has magnified His word even above all of His name, and that that means that means if you magnify something, what's it do? It gets bigger. Anybody ever try to see something really small and you can't see? You get a magnifying glass, makes it get bigger. Well, it says that He's magnified His word even above His name, and so if God thinks that much about His word, that that's how He heals. He says His word to heal people. And then he says, I've even magnified my word above all my name. I would say that God puts a high priority on his word. And so if we want, if we want to be able to know how God works, so that if we're in some place where it's just us, we're out, nobody else around except us and God, it would sure be nice to know, okay, I don't need the preacher. I don't need anybody else to pray for me. I know how God works. I know what it takes for God to answer prayer. I know how to get my prayers answered. I know how my faith would work. Here's how it works. And that's what we're talking about, of seeing and knowing how God works and not just seeing what he does. Amen. And I want to think about the fish again. You know, that's wonderful for somebody to give you a meal. That's a whole lot better if you don't have to go out and catch them yourself and do your own eating. It's wonderful if when you're a new Christian, a young Christian, and you don't know anything about anything like I didn't, it's wonderful to be able to come up to the altar line and have have a preacher or an altar worker or somebody lay hands on you and God's anointing come on you and all of a sudden your back doesn't hurt anymore. Your head doesn't hurt anymore. Or whatever was bothering you is going like that. That's wonderful for that to happen. What's even more wonderful is for you when you leave to lay hands on somebody else. You see it happen to them wherever you're at. Amen. How many's ready to grow up some? Oh no. <laughs> Mrs. Pastor's the wrong crowd. Two people want to grow up. The rest of you want to stay babies and get fed by somebody else all your lives? How many want to grow up? Okay. Amen. That's what we want. 
Okay, let's shift over to the New Testament. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Amen. And, you know, I'm thinking about, oh, <laughs> I'm going to say I'm thinking about fishing. I can really think about it. Me and Mrs. Pastor got, got a new little boat. Went out on our lake today. You know, we got our own little lake out where we live at. Went out on our lake today. Went all over the lake just experimenting. And I tell you what, we was out there like that. We saw granddaddy today. We saw some big, we see big fish at the pier all the time. Was that fish that long? I mean, man, it, it was and that big around. I mean, it, okay, hey, you already said you wear your monovision contacts to knock it off. You didn't see it good. Fish was that long. <laughs> it was that big. We was out there where the fish are. And then out there also, we started seeing all kinds of bass out there hiding in the reeds. I mean, man, oh, man, they look good. Out there watching those fish. But the whole thing is, it does you no good if you just see them but don't know how to catch them. And so I think about, I think about when I was a boy, I was telling, telling Mrs. Pastor, my, my, my grandpa, he died when I was 12 years old. He used to like to take me fishing. And he was a serious bass fisherman. And he always tell me what to do and how to do it, et cetera, what kind of bait to use and, you know, what time of the day it was, where to stand so they didn't see your shadow and just all kinds of little things. And I was a dumb little kid through rocks and then grandpa would get mad and take me home. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're a little kid, bass fishermen, I mean, man, they don't talk. They watch where they walk. They watch any kind of movement they make because they want to be sneaky for the bass to catch a bass and stuff like that. So you little kid, you get bored after a while, man. You only do that 50 or 20 minutes. You got to start throwing rocks. Anyway, the whole thing what I'm getting around to is this. If you want to catch fish, hang around a fisherman. Somebody that knows what kind of bait to use. And I was telling Mrs. Pastor, my family was all fishermen back in Indiana. Man, there's many different kinds of fish. Sometimes you use minnows for some, crickets for some, grasshoppers for some, uh, big worms for some, little worms for some. Sometimes you use a bobber, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you use chicken liver. I mean, it's all the different things. depends on what you're fishing for, what you're going to catch. And so if you want to catch a fish, you got to hang around somebody who knows how to do it. And I'm showing you right now, how to bait your hook. I've shown you right now how far to throw out. I've shown you right now how to use your bobber. I've shown you some things right now. So I've showed you some things of the Word of God, the Old Testament, of the value God puts on His Word and what He thinks about it. Now we'll get, let's get to the New Testament and hear Jesus. In John 15, verse 7, says this, If you abide in me, Ask what you will, shall be done unto you. Well, I'll tell you what, if that's all Jesus said, everybody in the whole world that's born again gets the prayers answered automatically. Because Jesus said, if you abide in me, ask what you will, be done unto you. But that's not what he said. He said something in between there that's the key to the whole thing. What did he say? If you abide in me and what? My words live in you. That word abides, Pastor Dave talked about that last Sunday, about the word abide, it means to live. How many here live in a house? Amen. And so you're abiding there. You're living in the house. But then just get get a hold of this. We're living in Jesus as our covering, as our house. He's our home. We're living in Jesus. But then his word has got to live in us. It says then when his word lives in us, then we ask what we will. As shall be done unto us. Why is that? Because when the word's alive in you, it's in your consciousness. 
It's in your subconsciousness. And when you pray, you're praying the word. Anybody ever been me at a prayer meeting? I'll tell you what, it shocks me sometimes. The word comes out of me. I just, Father, your word says, your word says, your word says, your word says, your word says. Well, his word's living in me and it comes comes out of me and I'm not bragging about me at all. I've just said I've taken the time over the years to do what I've challenged you to do. I meditate the word. I learn the word. I quote the word. And uh, Mrs. Pastor, a lot of times would, you know, she's the one can buy this. Don't call me at midnight to ask me because you can't do it. She's got privileges. Mrs. Pastor asked me all the time. I'll let her take shortcuts. Where's that at in the Bible? Or, you know, there's, there's a verse with this word in it. Where's that at? And a good part of the time I know where those things are because I spent so much time doing it that I've got it in me. And uh, Mrs. Pastor, well, she's got it too. That maybe she didn't learn a lot of addresses. But we're working on her. But so I'm, I'm telling you that you need to get this word living in you. Because Jesus said, if you live in me, and my words live in you. As a matter of fact, in the Greek, it says this, where it says, ask what you will, it should be done to you. In the Greek, it says, it'll leap into being and become a fact. Go write that down. It says, when the word of God is in you, and it comes out of your mouth because it lives in you, he says, when you ask what you will, it will leap into being and become a fact. Why is that? Because whose word is it? It's God's word. What happened when God, in Genesis chapter 1, says the earth was dark and God wanted light? What happened when God said, let there be light? It leaped into being. What happened when God said, let the waters cover the earth? Water was there. What God, when God said, let there be fishes in the water, what happened? Fishes were there. God got what he wanted by what he said. And he's, Jesus said, if that word lives in you, if you want healing, and that word's in you on healing, what's going to come out? Healing. What's going to show up? Healing. If it's deliverance that you're praying for somebody needs delivered, maybe yourself needs delivered for something. You get the word of God in you on deliverance, whatever it is, and that word comes out of you. When God said, let there be light, there was light. And so when you speak that word over your life, whatever it is, darkness leaves. And the light of God comes in. When it comes in, you get what the Word says. Amen? Is anybody seeing that? And so that's what Jesus said. And so look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I, I just, I know that Jesus wants it and I want it. I so much want to have a church full of people that know God's Word so well that everywhere they go, they're evangelists. Automatic soul winners. People getting healed everywhere. People want to know God everywhere. Because everywhere you go, not, we're not super religious to where we're overbearing. We just walk so full of God and His Word that it just comes out. And then people look at us. And, you know, Peter said it this way. said, people ought to be looking at you and asking you for a reason of the hope in you. And, you know, it's going to be so obvious why we have hope. It'll be so obvious why we have joy, why we have peace. Because how can you have anything else when something attacks and the word comes out? James chapter 1, go look at verse 21 and 22, says this. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness as superfluity or abundance of naughtiness, wickedness, 
And look at this. Here's what I want you to see. Receive with meekness the what? What's your Bible say? The grafted word? The grafted word. Well, most of you probably got these new translations. I still, I'm, I'm King James. But, but receive with meekness the grafted word, which is able to save your souls. Well, think about this. He's talking to Christians, and they don't need saved. Their spirit's saved. But their souls need saved. Or that word saved right there is the same word in Psalms 23 where it says, uh, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall know what? He restoreth my soul. Well, that means renews your mind. And so it says the grafted word is able to renew your mind. Is that restore your soul. The grafted word. That word grafted, probably your translations, you've got some of them say implanted. Anybody got what says implanted? Okay. Has anybody ever heard one of those nicotine implants or these different implants people do? Different kinds of implants people get anymore. They get, I've never known anybody had one, but I know people get them. They get a shot. They, I think they do insulin, don't they? They put things in there that keep pumping something into them over a course of time. Small doses come into them, help them be stable. Well, think about the Word of God. If the Word of God is implanted in you, doses are going to come out as you need it. Think about that. He says, receive with meekness the implanted word. You all need an implant. I've got my implant. And I'm so grateful to know that word's been implanted in my heart. As I need it, the word pumps out. You know, just like those things they put in people, man, just all of a sudden you need it. Here comes, here comes something, whatever's in that. And so when the word of God's implanted in you, that's why it comes out of me like it comes out of me because I've been having implants for years. And so the implanted word comes out of me. Amen. Do you like that? I think that's pretty neat, the implanted word. But then look at verse 22. It says, but don't just receive the implant. Be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. And so what that means is this. It's not what you hear and know. It's what you know and do. That gets results. It's not what you hear and know. It's what you know and do that gets results. I remember when we pioneered our first church back in 1992. Had had some of these people that were meeting with us, wanting to pray and stuff like that. And had this one guy that uh, he was really good guy, spiritual guy, sharp guy. And we met, I think it was every Tuesday night or every Thursday night or something and prayed. We had church on Wednesday night and we had you know, Sunday stuff we did was a new church pioneer. But anyway, I remember this guy, we'd be there on Sunday like that, and he'd always say the same thing. We really ought to pray. We really ought to pray. And I said, we really do pray. We really do pray. Every Tuesday night, just come. And then church, he wouldn't think was spiritual enough, wouldn't think the spirit was moving and stuff like that. And he challenged me. said, we really ought to pray. Really ought to pray. And I said, we do pray. We do pray every Tuesday night. Well, see, he was deceived. It says, be doers of the word. And not hearers only. And so in our lives, instead of saying all the time, something like this. Well, you know, Pastor Easter, that challenge. We really got to learn some verses. Really got to learn some verses. We'll start learning a bit. You know, shut your TV off some. Shut Facebook off some. Shut whatever off it is, whatever you're doing, still in time. Shut that off. Turn your phone off. Get to a quiet place. Open your Bible. Get a notebook out. Get some three by five cards out. Or if you're going to do all the stuff on the computer, then get it out and print it off. 
just do something and take the time to be a doer of the word. Write it down and look at it. And the next time somebody says, we really ought to learn those verses. Say, well, speak for yourself, bozo. I got them. Amen. And then quote them out. And so says, he says, don't be deceived. Learn the verses. Now I want to look at one more place. First John chapter two, verse 14. And this verse became real to me way back in about, uh, probably 1982, probably about the time I married Mrs. Pastor. I was looking for a verse from my life and the Lord gave me this. But I want you to see some keys in this. He said, I've written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you young men. At that time I was a little younger. Young men, because look at this. You are strong and the word of God abides in you. Or we say you're strong because the word of God lives in you. And I confess that over me over and over again that I'm young. Word of God abides in me and I've overcome the wicked one. And so I want you to see again. What the Word of God says, the value God places on the Word of God being in you. If you want to be strong, the Word of God's got to be in you. If you want to be strong and healing, the Word of God's got to be in you. And so, God places a high value on believers taking the time to study and learn His Word on every subject that has to do with life on earth. And we're talking about healing, but if you need, if you need God's Word in you on child training, on raising your kids, you need to start getting these verses on child training in your heart. Amen. If it's on financial things, it's the same thing. We're talking about healing, but whatever area of life pertains to your family and where you are, you get the Word of God in you, and it's going to leap into being and become a fact when it comes out. He said, anyway, last week, I gave you some of these verses, and uh, I just want to issue the challenge now that if you've learned verses, you can quote where they are, that I want you to be brave and be encouraged to everybody else. Did anybody learn, or does anybody know, Matthew 8, 17? Uh, okay, let Jose have the mic. Jose, give us a quote. All right, Matthew 8, 17. For this fulfilled the Lord, the word through the Lord, or the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah that says, for he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Amen. Amen. You know what that means? Amen. Go ahead and clap for Jose for Jesus. That means if sickness attacks one of his babies, attacks his family, he doesn't have to say, oh, let's call the pastor. Let's call the prayer line. Did we pay our tithes? He prays the word of God, and he prays the word of God is going to leap into being and become a fact. Amen. Jose, I'm proud of you. That's good for that. And I want to say, we're not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm just to encourage you to bring you up higher. Did anybody read and, and learn Mark 16, verse 17 and 18? Those verse, those two verses are any part of those verses that you can quote. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Nobody in the front row. Second row, though, you count. <laughs> Third row. No, that'd be cheating. Maxine knows. I know she knows. I see her just ready. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. And these signs shall. Then I believe. In my name. 
Alex. What's the last part of verse 18 say? Everybody ought to know this. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall... They shall get worse. We're hoping and praying. Well, you know the way some preachers preach that verse I've heard of? Well, considering... Well, the doctor said, under these circumstances, you know what? People talk like that, the word doesn't abide in them. Jesus said, at these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And so you know what? If something happened to my wife at home where she needed prayer, I laid hands on her. I prayed for her at home. Somebody called me. You know what I say, Tip? She's in the recovery room. You know why she's in the recovery room? Because Jesus says she's recovering. So where she's at? She's laying down over there in the bedroom. And she's recovering. She's in the recovery room. Well, Pastor, I didn't know she went to the hospital. She didn't go to the hospital. We went to Jesus. Oh, you mean Jesus talked to you? Yes, he did. He did? Yeah, he told me to lay hands on her in his name. And she recovered. So she's recovered. You got a word from God? Yeah, Mark 16, verse 16 and 18. I want to ask you again for next week. Anybody think they could learn any part of those two verses? Mark 16, verse 17 and 18? Learn part of them. Well, let's keep on testing. Man, tell you what, what's the name of our church? I didn't name it that. It was named that before I came to California. I'm a word preacher, so God sent me to a word church. Okay, Luke 5.15. Luke 5.15. Who's got that one? Well, Julie's looking up letters. I threw threw her back. Hey, Jess, bring the mic up here. Well, that's okay. I'll let her read this one because that's, that's, that's not one that uh, we quote all the time, but I want you to hear the flavor of this. Luke 5.15. However, the report went around concerning him all the more, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. To what? To hear? To be See, that's, the, thing. that's the key I wanted you to hear. They came to hear Jesus. When they heard Jesus, what cometh? Faith cometh. They heard and healed. That's the theme of the Gospels. Hearing and receiving. Hearing and receiving. They came to hear and they got faith and to be healed. Because they had faith in Jesus. Amen. To hear and be healed. Wow. Uh, you know what? This would be a terrible thing. If you was getting ready to graduate from high school so you go to college. And I said, okay, this is your final test. And everybody gets an F almost. And it's not an F for faith. Hey, Amen. Okay. Okay, now listen. Hey, Amen. Hey, Amen. And listen to this. Now, I'll I tell you what. I'll bet you, I'll bet you 50% of you will quote this one. Now, don't, don't everybody fight each other for this one. John 10, 10. Okay, half the church. Got those hands back. What is it? Okay, Jess, bring the mic up here. We got we got one up here on the front row. Bring the mic. 
Alex, you quote it. Come on, man. Be brave. The thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy. But and Jesus kept give life and that more abundantly. Oh, Adriana knows the rest of us. Sorry, that's, that's working as a team. Okay, listen, guys. John 10.10, 10, that's, that's, that's with Romans 10.17. Uh, that's one you've got to have. John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus come for us to have life and that more abundantly. Does anybody know what this other, other verse was I gave you? Acts, Acts 10.38, anybody know that one? Acts 10.38. John, you raised your hand? Oh, you just scratched your head. Okay. I thought I saw your hand up, John. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing some people. All that were oppressed of the devil for who was with him. Is that on the screen? Okay, you got to just know it. Okay, good. Now, the last verse, the last verse this is your bread and butter scripture of the New Testament. 1 Peter 2.24. Alex, I know you know that one. Yeah, you got that, man. That's the last part of it. That's the part that counts, but the rest of it's good. 1 Peter 2.24. Okay, who's quoting that one? Man, I think the check down on me went too long. <laughs> 1 Peter 2.24. Now listen to this. 1 Peter 2.24 is a kid to Psalms 103.3. Remember it says he forgave all of our iniquities, healed all our diseases. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins. That's talking about Jesus on the cross. Who's also bear our sins, that we being dead to sins, should live under righteousness. By his stripes, we may be healed someday. We were healed. Now listen. Now, all those verses I gave you, listen to this. Now, put those in conjunction with how I set this up. How God does things. He sent His Word to heal them. Can you see that Word He sent us? There's healing in every scripture. Can you, can you see in that? John 15, 7, my words live in you. Ask what you'll be done unto you. If that comes out of you when you're praying, God anointed Jesus down with the Holy Ghost power without doing good healing to all oppress the devil. Oh, hallelujah. I've been oppressed the devil and He heals everybody. I'm healed. 1 Peter 2.24. By stripes, I was healed. I'm healed. Mark 16, 17, 18, lay hands sick, the shall recover. I'm healed. Well, see, when those words are in you, they come out of you like that. You got it. Amen. Amen, amen. It got pretty quiet. You know what I think that was good for? You know why? Uh, I never had repeated class when I was in school. I, I passed all the classes. I got to go through it. But I think some of our students need to go through the class again. Alex got him. Okay. Amen. Does anybody like what you've been getting? Have you felt challenged? Yes. Amen. Have you felt challenged? Yes. What are you going to do about it? Oh, Miss Pastor said, I didn't say it because I'm, I'm nice. She's the one that we're good cop, bad cop. She said, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> going to learn. Amen. You're going to learn the hard way or the easy way? You're going to study before the test comes. So after, after the test is there, you pluck the test. They'll wake up in the middle of next year and say, what happened? You're going to pass, amen. Well, let's stand up. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.